Today's podcast is the Q&A that followed the message on Philippians 2, 9-11. And there were five questions. Number one, why did you say it's impossible to be humble before God without being humble before people? What's the relationship between the two? Number two, why did, you, why did you say Jesus is the only being in the world with two natures? Don't we also have two natures, a sin nature and a new nature? Number three, how do you know if you're in your sweet spot, that place that God designed you to be, if it doesn't feel like you're getting any traction in life? Number four, what if you have two options that are both righteous? How do you know which one is your sweet spot? And number five, is it possible to accept Jesus as Savior, but not as Lord? Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Okay, so what I said was humbling yourself before people and humbling yourself before God are two sides of the same coin, and you can't really truly have one without the other. And here's what I mean by that. I can never claim to be humble before God if I'm not humble with people. If I say, oh, I'm humble before God, I bow the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm arrogant in dealing with people all the time, uh, I'm, I'm kidding myself. Because God commands me to, to humble myself before people, and so if I'm not humbling myself before people, I am not humble before God, right? So that's the one direction. What about the other direction? If I, if I am really uh, humble, trying to be humble before people, but I am resisting God's authority, I'm not humble before God, then my humility before people is basically just um, uh, going to be a form of, of selfishness. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be humble before people up to the point where it, it serves my interests, but, but at some point it's going to stop because, because there are some points where there's no benefit, there's no human benefit that I can see that's going to come to me, and so I'm not going to be humble before you unless I, am, I hear God commanding it and I'm humble before Him. So I'm not going to be able to be humble before you unless I humble myself before God. Does that make sense? Okay, so I was talking about the two natures of Christ, and I said Christ is the only one that has two natures, but isn't it true that we kind of have two natures because we have uh, spirit and body? And here's what I would say. The word nature, I mean, technically you could say that because the word nature just means a set of characteristics. And my body has a set of characteristics and my soul has a set of characteristics. And so you could, you could say that's something like two natures, but it's not the same as Jesus' two natures. What, I'm, what I meant when Jesus is the only one with two natures, what I'm saying is he's the only one with a human nature and some other nature besides it's not a human nature. And so my, my body is thoroughly human and my spirit is thoroughly human. Jesus had a thoroughly human body and spirit, but he also had a thoroughly divine nature, a thoroughly divine set of characteristics. He's God. He's the only one that has two. God the Father does not have two natures. He's, 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 he's God and not human. The Holy Spirit is God and not human. All people are human and not God, but Jesus is both God and human. So that's, that's what I was getting at. 
Right, so we have, like we have a sin nature and our new nature, and those are conflict, in conflict so that we're not really acting in light of one uh, or both at the same time. They're in conflict with each other, they're, they're opposites, whereas Jesus' two natures were uh, perfectly joined in the hypostatic union. Okay, so I talked about the sweet. How do you know if you're in your sweet spot if it's not really feeling very sweet? Like you're feeling like, man, I'm, I'm spinning my wheels here. Here's the thing about your sweet spot. You can't, you can't necessarily feel it. It's, the, it's, it's a myth to think your sweet spot is where you just feel like you're clicking on all cylinders. Your sweet spot is when you're obeying God, no matter how it feels. And so when Jesus was in his sweet spot, he, it didn't look all that sweet. He, it didn't seem like, it didn't feel to him like, man, now I'm getting traction. I am getting beat uh, and, and, and mocked. And people are spitting in my face. I'm just really getting some traction in life. This is what I was made for, you know. Um, it, it couldn't have felt that way. But it was exactly right. It is what his body was made for. It was the reason he came into this world. And so, so don't judge your sweet, whether you're in your sweet spot by how you feel. Judge whether you're in your sweet spot by what the Bible says. Are you obeying God or disobeying God? And if you're obeying God, you're fine. You're fine. You say, but I'm losing money. I'm having problems. I'm having this. If you're obeying God, you're fine. Because ultimately, that's what matters, right? Okay. How do you know? Okay. So what about both two options that are both obedience to God? And um, uh, neither one is disobedience, but you have to make a choice between the two, and they might have major ramifications in your life. Then what? Answer that question. Come and hear Andrew's sermon here in a few weeks. Because that's what Andrew, I think, is going to be preaching on when he picks up his Proverbs series. Um, but the short answer to that is this. First of all, you don't have to get too worried about A or B if they're both obedience to God, right? Because if they're both obedience to God, then at least you're going to be in your sweet spot either way. Um, now, you want to utilize wisdom uh, to pick between A or B because that honors God. Wisdom honors God. And so you want to use as much wisdom as you possibly can. Book of Proverbs get wisdom principles, um, talk to wise people, get advice, and pray and ask for guidance from the Holy Spirit. And those are the ways that you get wisdom. And um, uh, if you humble yourself before men and before God, then you'll be receptive to the, that wisdom and you'll be able to make, get better and better and better at making those decisions. So nobody's perfect at making those decisions, right? Even Jesus had to grow in wisdom. So nobody's ever perfect uh, as a human in this life at making those judgment calls, but you, get, you grow in it like Jesus did. You get better and better and better at it. But, but here's the thing that might be able to alleviate a lot of consternation. If you just do your best to discern God's guidance and to follow the pr- biblical principles and to obey Him, you don't have to worry about the outcome of your decisions. So sometimes you make a decision, you, you try to do your best, you make a decision, and then... Uh, a month later, you get a little bit more wisdom, and you look, that was, that was folly. I mean, that was, I mean, I, if I, that, that, I, just, I just didn't know what I know now, and that, that, that um, uh, wasn't a good outcome to that decision. You don't have to fret about that, because you didn't have this wisdom back then, and God, in His sovereignty, allowed you to not have that wisdom back then. That's the path he wanted you to take. That's the trial he wanted you to, to endure. And so you don't have to second guess, oh, if I should have done this, I would have, you know, all that stuff. Um, God didn't make you born with, you know, 50-year-old set of wisdom. Uh, 
Not even Jesus was. And so this is God's design. Is to just, you just keep getting better. So if you do your best, it's like you look back at a decision and say, well, it was a catastrophe, uh, humanly speaking, but at the time, I had a clear conscience. I tried to follow God's will. I used wisdom the best I could. I made the decision. Then you can be, you can be assured that was God's will for you. Even though it seemed like a train wreck, you can be assured, no, that was God's will because I, I tried to follow his way. Right. So we, we, we adjust God, and then we say, okay, I'll obey that adjusted form of God, uh, the one that I want to obey. And, and that's obviously not obedience. So, um, and and, it's, and there, there's also a culture in the church that says, well, you can become a Christian and just not obey for a while. You, you, you accept Jesus as your Savior, and you're kind of saved, um, and then later on, you kind of bow the knee as, to him as Lord, and you make him Lord. Um, later on, and, some, and that's, that's, that's nonsense. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says he is Lord. If you're obeying, if you're trying to be saved by somebody who's not Lord, it's not the real Jesus. So. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, when we twist uh, the truth about what God is really, who Jesus really is and what he's really like, we can twist it so far that it's not even really Jesus that we're worshiping. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.